Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 98. Today, I'll be interviewing Rosanna Fung. Rosanna Fung grew up and is based in Toronto, Canada. Her first graphic novel, Living with Viola, is published by Anik Press. Her editorial clients include The Globe and Mail, The Boston Globe, Chronicle Review of Higher Education, CBC Arts, Plan Sponsor, Masonov, Bus Magazine, Avenue Magazine, Swerve Magazine, and Tridel Corporation. Her works have been featured on CBC Docs and CBC Arts. When she's not drawing, Rosanna can be found teaching illustration, vending at zine fairs, and going to the library. So thank you so much for being here today, Rosanna, to talk about your uh, your graphic novel, Living thank with Viola. Thank you Viola. so much for having me. Yeah. So just to tell you a little bit of a story about how a lot of times people ask me, well, how do you, you know, how do you find the books? And um, I always say books find me and mm-hmm. I don't find the books, but I had gone to Toronto over the summer, summer with my son who... Mm-hmm. Um, wanted to visit Toronto and I went to a really cute bookstore. And when I walked in, I just, you know, I looked around and I immediately saw Rosanna's book, Living with Viola. And I I love graphic novels. Um, I especially love graphic novels based off of, you know, loosely based off of a memoir. Um, And so I picked up this book and I just immediately like loved it. I read it in one day and it was, anyway, we got in touch because I really think um, it's a great book and great topics to talk about. So just to begin a little bit, just to talk about, um, you know, what is the graphic novel about? That's the first thing for anyone who hasn't heard of Living with Viola, um, what it's about. And then just one of my other questions was just, how did you begin writing and illustrating it? Mm-hmm, for sure. So the book is about um, Libby. So she is uh, she's about to start grade six at a completely new school. Um, so she's really nervous. Uh, so it, the book follows like her trying to navigate um, adjusting to a new school, making new friends, getting used to things like homework and so on, as well as juggling family expectations for herself. Um, so uh, as well as all the things that she likes to do um, and she wants to do for herself. Um, But it is also about Libby, uh, who is followed around by a shadowy twin character who looks just like her, named Viola. And Viola uh, amplifies all of Libby's, like, her her deepest insecurities and her fears and uh, all of her, uh, all the things that she's nervous about. Um, She follows her around, you know, shouting them around at her. Um, and basically, Viola is a personification of her anxiety. So the book is following Libby's adventures as she adjusts to new school, new friends, uh, and family expectations. But it is also about learning how to um, live with Viola. Um, or in other words, it's she's learning how to live with her anxiety. So that's what the book is about. Um, and then in terms of like how I began writing and illustrating it, uh, well, I love comics very much. And I have always loved comics since I was, I can remember reading and drawing. 
Um, so that that is definitely one of the things that power like it's it's a passionate it's a passion thing. Um, but specifically, like I have wanted to been to work on a graphic novel for a while. Um, but as luck would have it, I was actually at a zine fair um, where that was actually where my editor found me. So she um, met me there. She saw my stuff. She liked it, and then she kept. She was in touch and said, "Would you be interested in working on a graphic novel?" Because she saw potential there, and like that sort of um, set things off, which was great. Um, she's great. Uh, so she, my editor, her name is Sarah Marie McMahon, and she works for Anik Press, who is my publisher. So together, you know, she helped me. <clears throat> I had never written a long form comic before. I wrote, I've written small short stories, but nothing like of this length. And so she helped guide me in terms of trying to figure out what is it that, what stories did I want to tell? And I had some ideas, but anxiety is something that I have always lived with. And it is something that, um, yeah, just like Libby, that I have ha- I've had since I was very young, and this was something that um, I knew very intimately because it it colors every contour of my life. So I was like, okay, I think I want to like write a story about a child who's going through this, um, and I'm going to try to depict anxiety in this way so that it becomes uh, so it's a way that that I can articulate how I feel. Um, so that's actually how that became like how that uh started so it was a story that i wanted to tell and she helped me like bring it out essentially um so it's interesting because i actually because of the timeline i ended up writing that mostly during the lockdown like the initial lockdown in march of 2020 i believe it was so i mean by that time half the book was uh, not about how about a third of the book was done and then suddenly everything happened and it was very strange because I have so much anxiety and I know that this was a time in which many people will start experiencing a lot of intense anxiety for obvious reason um and like and it's not that I wasn't but in a way working on this book actually helped ground me which was really interesting because it was like an anchor I knew that I had to you know I had to do like X amount of pages a day and knowing that that was something that I had to do, it created a routine during a very otherwise like precarious and uncertain time. So interestingly enough, a book about anxiety helped my anxiety during a very high anxiety time. Yeah, I could see that though, because Mm -hmm. I think it's also like just expression, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, your book is all about expression. And so what I loved is just how you represented anxiety and also just like the idea of self-talk. Cause I always think that, you know, we're our worst enemy, right? Mm -hmm. Like as far as like, you know, when you, sometimes when you talk to yourself, you're like, why'd you do that? You know, like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And I just, I loved how you represented that and also just how it changed throughout the book. Um, and how yeah. hard it is for and kids. People do ask me like, well, why do you read middle grade books? You know, like versus I do read adult books. I just want to tell people that I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I like what I like reading it. Why I like middle grade and like maybe young adult is that, you know, as a parent of two teenagers, mm-hmm. you see the perspective in a different way when you're reading middle grade. So I think, you know, especially through a graphic novel, I just felt like I could identify with the character more and like maybe what she may be going through at a new school and her anxiety and also just different friendships and how she's dealing with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, anyway, so I could, anyway, just to go back to that, I could definitely see how 
um, working on something that was, you know, about anxiety and about like, let's just say loosely based off of, you know, you're growing up would be helpful. So just that kind of leads to my next question in, you know, Livy and, you know, how you were same versus different. Cause I know it's loosely based off a memoir, but like, did you make things that were similar to you or did you kind of think about changing it a little bit and mm -hmm. what parts are different? Yeah, for sure. So Vivian and I, uh, I are very similar. <laughs> it is based loosely on uh, events that did happen or at least experiences. I didn't actually start a new school in grade six. Um, I So that is um, something new, but I wanted to put Livy and Rice a story in which like someone is in a high anxiety uh, environment and situation and like what what can happen. So even though that didn't happen specifically, I mean, there are certainly moments in my life where it has been um, more stressful than others. And that is actually when anxiety tends to come more frequently um, and has more power. But in other ways, um, Livia and I, we both like the same things. Uh, we both love drawing, alphabet, and reading is our favorite. Um, I also love, um, I love it. We love the same things. And like, I love plushies and toys and stickers and like things that are pink and bright. And that is also what Livy loves as well. I find it interesting that you mentioned about how, um, you know, you feel you have to uh, say that you enjoy middle grade and also adults uh, fiction as well, as if there is something like, but I also get it because like, I love reading middle grade and I love YA like so, so much. I mean, that's the reason why I write, why I wanted my first book to be middle grade. Cause it's like one of my favorite, it's my favorite like age group to read. I just find the books and the stories are so interesting. Uh, they're very compelling and it is a very specific point of view as well that I really enjoy. But sometimes like I do get the feeling that, you know, if I'm reading middle grade, I read like everything, but sometimes I get like, I feel like someone judging me like, cause like I'm an adult and I'm reading middle grade. I'm like, first of all, there's nothing wrong with that. Like all reading is amazing. But also I do get the feeling of like, being judged for the things that you like, um, as if uh -huh. there's something abnormal about it or weird. And I'm like, I love things that are, can be considered childish, right? Like I love glitter. <laughs> I love like toys. Oh, you should see my house. <laughs> I love it so much. And there, you know, sometimes I'm yeah. sure some people may be like, why, why do you live in a toy store? Like, is this a child's room? I'm like, but it makes me happy. So why should I, uh -huh. why do I need to change? And Libby likes the things she likes, but throughout the book, you know, some people are commenting like, oh, you're reading a girl's book or whatever. I'm like, there's nothing wrong. You'd like what you like. And there's no shame in that. Um, I mean, that was a lesson that it took me much longer to learn. Um, but I'm hoping that like young readers learn it soon, sooner, uh, rather than later. But other things, like there are some things that are different. I mean, like she deals a lot of family pressure I it is not like the family that I've depicted is um like some of the relatives are sort of like they're in, they're not one person in particular like for for reasons of like I don't want anyone coming up and be like how dare you depict me in this way so there is like there is some fiction involved and like sort of creating new characters but based on experiences that I have had um in terms of juggling my own like family and relative expectations of what I should be or what I should be doing in my life, um, that kind of thing. So there, there are things that are changed, like names and characters and physical appearances are changed. So that's not exactly, but all those experiences are real. <laughs> like everything has been like drawn from things from my past or things people have said or interactions that have stayed with me enough that I'm like, I need to, I need to write this down. 
I do love the family dynamics though, because every, like, let's say every culture, every family has their own traditions. Mm -hmm. Like, especially the part, you know, where you like to, you know, make dumplings, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, with your, you know, with your family. And so I think that that part was also, um, really interesting. I just, you know, for anyone out there, I don't want to give away the book because I want people to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about it is it just incorporates so many different, so many different like kind of uh, concepts or issues into the book. You know, we have our family dynamics, we have her friendships, we have her like anxiety and kind of how she deals with that. But what I love is like her growth over time and how, you know, it's, you know, I, I think that she didn't want like her friends to come over and stuff like that and how that changed throughout the book, um, I think was also really interesting. And I, I kind of wanted to go back to a little bit about your own experiences and like how that, and just also like from your cultural background, like kind of how that influences your writing and illustrating. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was, uh, I currently live in Toronto, Canada. I was also born here as well. My parents um, immigrated to Canada uh, from Hong Kong. Um, I don't know when, I can't even remember. Maybe in the 60s, 60s or 70s, I think. Um, so I'm part of like a diaspora population of um, Asian, Asian, like Chinese Canadian. Um, so it's a... It's a very specific experience. Um, and some of it is like that Libby also experienced as well. Her parents are also immigrants from Hong Kong. Um, and there are, you know, depictions of microaggression that happen in the book as well. I mean, they're all things that have happened in my life. Like I'm very, I'm lucky that I grew up in a neighborhood that was extremely diverse. Like I had many, like all the people there, all the students in my class all came from different countries and like different lived experiences, which is really great. Um, but there, you know, there is growing up. So I grew up then like as a child in the nineties and the early two thousands. Um, and there was not a lot of, I didn't see a lot of people who looked like me, uh, in the books I read and I love reading so much, but like that, I have to admit, like, that's one thing that really affected me deeply. And it's not just books I read, obviously in movies and like TV. And I never saw family who looked like me. And like, that was, it really messed me up. I'm not going to lie. Like it took me a long time. There was a part of me that was like, oh, I'm embarrassed about my family. I think my stories don't matter because I don't see anyone who looks like me. And Mm -hmm. therefore it must mean I'm not important, right? People who like my family is not. And again, like that is a process of unlearning that it's still happening, but I'm very like, it took me much too long. Um, But there is that like that Libby encounters um you know she feels embarrassed about her home about um her parents about the fact that they um like about language as well so um that I mean that is all drawn from personal experience um so that has definitely affected both how I navigate the world I understand that I'm seen differently there's you know a lot of xenophobia and micro and macro aggression that happen like on a daily basis um but I'm hoping that like through this book and through Libby's experiences and her friends experiences that like younger readers both understand um that their stories do matter (laughs) like it doesn't matter who they are it's all important and that everyone um is like equally incredible and wonderful and so um and hopefully you know learn to assess like who what they think belonging means or like who gets to be considered normal or not normal it always comes back to like what is considered normal or abnormal I feel like because like I feel like these definitions are much too narrow um we have to open it up like uh so that we're not 
being, you know, exclusive or problematic to others. So, but in any ways that all of that ha- uh, influenced my work. And then obviously with the dumplings, like literally my mom taught me and I, I have great memories. <laughs> like as a child, like she taught me how to make them. And it was always fun, like making dumplings. And I feel cooking in general is such a social communal act. Um, and that like, it is, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's also like nourishing at the same time. So it's something that I think is really important. Even when I'm just cooking a meal at, at the end, there's something very satisfying about it because like it's a nice accomplishment, but doing it with someone is an extra layer of like fun and connection. So that's why that's there. Also, I, I really love something. This is like one of my favorite foods. It's so comforting. It's so tasty. Well, I think that's a big part of, you know, when you're with family and culture and food, Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of all goes together. Yeah. You know, I know for myself, like when I, you know, feel like I need, I don't like, I miss my mom. I'll always make her soup and, mm-hmm. and things like something we used to do together. So yeah. I think that it's, um, there's, there's food is just not something we eat, right? It's just something yeah. that we kind of experience with other people. And it's, it's like, it's also connected so much to an emotional like experience, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of times positive, I mean, you know, because food is always usually good. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, yeah. but I wish I knew how to make dumplings, but that's maybe something on my list. But well, um, I have to be honest, like, I mean, I don't make dumplings from scratch anymore. It's, I always get like bags of frozen dumplings from like grocery stores. It's still really good, but like take, making dumplings takes a lot of time. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's fun though, but like I love eating them. But lately, like all my meals are like, how fast can they be? I don't have time. <laughs> well, yeah, and that kind of brings me to my next point, just like being busy with other different mm-hmm. projects. I mean, so anything that you're working on now, or anything that you kind of what you do, sort of like on a daily basis, and mm-hmm. also like any plans for future books? Yeah, I'm actually working on a YA uh, YA graphic novel at the moment, also with Anik uh, Press. So I'm excited about that. That one is based uh, loosely on my mom's family history. So that is, uh, I was working on that just before, just right before now. Um, So I'm excited about that one, but I think it's slated probably not until 2024 or maybe a little bit later. We'll see, hopefully not later, fingers crossed. So that's, uh, that's good. I'm working on other comic projects that will be revealed later. Um, but um, in that, like, while I do that, um, so basically I'm, I'm focusing on comics, comic stories, because telling stories and drawing comics are my favorite thing. But I also do illustration work as well. Um, so sometimes like new opportunities will come up. Um, so I'll do usually working for different clients. Uh, I also teach illustration at um, Ontario College of Art and Design University in space in Toronto. So that is pretty, it's fun. Um, but it can be uh, hectic at times. So uh, I do, I have a lot on my plate. I also work like part-time at like an art supply store. So I have like, I'm always like juggling lots of things, um, which I feel like is very typical of many artists. So, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, learning, learning time management is a really important thing. <laughs> so that's why I tell my students, I'm like, trust me, <laughs> when you, when you get out there, you're, you're just gonna be like bombarded with like stuff and knowing how to manage timing is always good in projects. But yeah, so I have a lot happening at the moment, but it's good. I'm very happy because um, me being like, I, I published, the book came out, I think just last year, like Living with Viola. Um, and I graduated actually from art school, like maybe about eight years ago. So like, but before that, I didn't go to art school immediately 
immediately from high school. Like I, I sort of took a very circuitous route. Like I thought, you know, this is, and this is very reflective of me and Libby as well. You know, my fam, not my family, but other social expectations of what, like what I should do in the future. Being an artist is not very stable. Um, and so I, I didn't, pursue it right away because I thought, what am I going to do with it? <laughs> like, am I, will I be able to sustain myself? So I didn't do it right away, but I wasn't happy until I found my way back. And now I'm like, okay, well, I'm making art now and I'm, you know, making a living. So it is possible and uh, to do what you want and do what you love. Exactly. That's what I tell my kids. But I mean, I love your, I love your work and your art. Thank you. It's, you could always tell when somebody is, like really emotionally, you know, like when you're really mm-hmm. connected to your work. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like that 100% with your book. Like I just, I could tell how much you're connected to it and how how wonderful it is. So just what's the best way of people, um, you know, finding your other works and also like for mm-hmm. anyone in Toronto nearby, um, you know, just checking out, checking your work out just like in person. So I know yeah. at your website, my website for sure. I'm on Instagram a lot. Uh, I'm usually always posting new work or like previews or anything or even personal work. I do a lot of as well. Um, so it's my, it's a uh, first name, last name, Rosanna Fung is uh, my handle. So following that is probably the best way to get any kind of updates. Um, if you're in Toronto, uh, my books can be found in like all local bookstores, um, big, big bookstores too, but I love my locals a lot. So like um, we have a great comic book, uh, graphic novel store called uh, The Beguiling um, in Toronto. They're, they're incredible. But I also love like Type Books is a great place to go. Uh, that's where um, I found your book. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love them so much. They're so great. He was so um, happy for you. The, yeah. Um, the, yeah, he said, I love her. And, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm so happy for her with this book. And I was like, okay, so I am definitely getting this book. Uh, I love them so much. Like they're so great. And then like uh I don't know, there's so many great bookstores in this city that I can't even like begin to name them all. Book City is literally one called um Queen wait, Queen Books. Yeah, there's just so many. Um my I also do like big large scale murals, so you can find some of them across the city as well. Um Oh yeah, I saw one that you did uh, in like on your Instagram page. It was on like in the subway, right? Yeah, like there's on- one. So our, our public transit is called TDC, like Toronto Transit Commission. And then we have subway station. So yeah, I just one recently. It's a huge mural. It was great. It was like in um, collaboration with um, a bunch of students, like younger students who had these great ideas for like the future of transit. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of fun working on that one. So that one, yeah, is visible in like the station windows. There's a few other that are, I can't remember where they are now. <laughs> There's a few scattered around this city. So I'm very lucky that I get to work like in the public art realm to have my, like to work on these large scale projects. It's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so, so, but yeah, definitely Instagram is the best place to find me. I'm there too much almost. I have to have it. <laughs> well, that's, you know what? Maybe I can include some of that in the post so that people could kind of see just, you know, some of the stuff that you're working on. Mm, sure, yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to put a link to your website so that people could find you that way and mm-hmm. your, um, your Instagram. Yeah. So, but thank you so much for being here today. Is there anything else you want to add before you finish up? Um, nothing else. Uh, only that I hope if, you know, if you're out there listening, reading, I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> 
I, I know. Definitely check out Living with Viola. It's a great book. And I also think it's like just, I think, a, a good book for all teenagers, but especially anyone that's kind of going through some anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like you were saying, just like having, like reading about a character that you could really relate to mm-hmm. could help a lot of kids. Yeah. And I hope so. Yeah. And sometimes cool. anxiety is not always something people talk about. Right. All the time, especially sure. young kids, they may not have the language to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. They may feel it, but they don't really know what it is because maybe yeah. it's the first time they've experienced it, yeah. especially when they're going into middle school. So I think, you know, a nice way to kind of just understand it a little bit more is for kids to read about characters with it. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So, but thank you so much for being here today. And I'm excited to see your new book. I'm definitely going to be getting that. Yay. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you pleasure. so much. Thanks thank for you. listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language During Mealtime.